Buongiorno, bitch. Hello. <laughs> Where are you laughing now? Welcome back. <laughs> what happened? Nothing, nothing. Because my chair is cracking all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's actually why. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys about this. Yeah, if you hear some background noise, everything is fine, don't worry. It's well, just Marina's chair. <laughs> not everything is fine, I would say. <laughs> 90% fine. 90% fine, 10% not fine. But yeah, yeah, welcome back, guys. New year, same as, um, but new, new season. Season. <laughs> season number two. Yes, we decided to start a new season since it's a new year, so we thought, why not? Yeah, right? I mean, the last time, like, we finished the year with 13 episodes, which is not, like, the best number, I guess. I mean, I'm not superstitious. Are you superstitious? I'm not, no. But still, I don't think it's the best number. Yeah. But, you know what? It's, like, new beginning. Like, no one, no one's gonna know. <laughs> right? Like, new season, Nobody's like, gonna know. we start from the beginning, so... Who cares? Um, yeah, guys, uh, short update. I don't know if you remember that, I mean, we have been talking about this for a really long time, how Greta and I have been, you know, pushing to get this, like, really nice sponsorships uh, from a brand called H, mm-mm-mm, F, mm-mm. And, well, we have something to say about that. Um, yeah, as you might have realized already we haven't got a sponsorship yet yay but we have other news yes we have a collaboration coming up with sean Woohoo! from the podcast the germany experience so yeah you guys you're gonna see it's gonna be a great episode we're very excited about this collaboration so we'll keep you posted when the episode it's gonna go online. Yeah. And yeah, that's a great news for us. We're very happy that we had the opportunity to have this collaboration yeah. with Sean. And it was very fun. Yeah, it was very fun, very exciting. And yeah, we can't wait for you guys also to listen to the episode. And just, you know, you can just go and take a look at Sean's, Sean's podcast either way. It's called The Germany Experience. And yeah, yeah make sure to also follow him on Instagram. Um, yeah, and thank you, Sean, if you're listening to this episode right now for uh, the invitation. We really had really fun time, and we hope to collaborate with you very soon. Yes, again. we do, we do. Okay, so... Yeah, so... What are we going to talk yeah, about Yeah, we today? decided to start a new season very strong, with a very strong topic. So this episode is going to be about parents. So our relationship with our parents... Uh, and generally with parents, um, we chose this topic because we have the feeling that it's not very much talked about, while there are a lot of podcasts, including ours, that don't really have problems talking about relationships and friendships and whatever. We feel like, you know, the relationships with our parents or family members in general are not so much explored mm. generally. But at the same time, they have a huge impact on our lives. Yes. So we decided we wanted to talk about this. And we prepared for this episode also through studies. And we just, you know, also sat down and talked about our own experiences. And that's what we're going to present to you guys today. Yeah. And a uh, disclaimer for you guys. When we, when we say parents or parental relationship, we, we are not only referring to biological parents. We are also talking about any kind of uh, 
parental figure, custodian, custodian, I don't know if you pronounce it that way, guardian, like anyone that has had mm -hmm. like a caretaker role in your life that has like taught you some stuff, like could also be a mentor. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so don't think it's just like strictly mom, mothers and fathers, like it's... Exactly, yeah, that's a very important disclaimer we wanted to say and... We're gonna just refer to to them as parents because this is our experience. But of course, mm, we it's want to easier to just yeah. say the word parents, exactly. not just like uh, <laughs> guardian, custodian, mentor, um, <laughs> <members>, non-biological, <laughs> mom, mom, dad, dad. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, just just wanted we just wanted to say that obviously we include like all these fears, and so please don't feel excluded. No, because it's just like. Just to make it easier, we're gonna say parents, but we mean all these figures that Marina already mentioned. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm also very, I'm super excited. I'm super happy that we are talking about this topic. As you said, I feel it's a bit like taboo somehow. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you meet someone in a bar like one night and you don't have any problem like talking about like anything like related to your partner. Oh, I don't know, my boyfriend did this or my girlfriend did that, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But you don't sit down and you're like, you know what? I talked today to my mom and I felt really bad because she triggered me this way, you know? Mm, that's true, that's true. So yeah. It's like family matters are more just like behind mm. closed doors sometimes. Yeah, they feel more intimate somehow, even though it's such like a big topic and... Yeah, and most and it's a very shared experience. Yeah. Because your society is like constructed around like families and stuff, so... Anyways, um, we are going to talk about this topic from an expat point of view, but also from a, an adult point of view. So, if you're not an expat yourself, worry not, you're still going to feel some, <laughs> you know, uh, identified with this, because I think it was also important for us to, to explore the topic uh, as people that are not young, <laughs> or not as young <laughs> as we used to be anymore. <laughs> And I would say, let's talk about the bad parts of uh, being an expat. And so, so, so the, so how, like the bad parts of navigating this relationship with uh, your parents while you're abroad mm -hmm. away. Because yeah. there are some, some things that people that live near the parents or their guardians don't have, right? Definitely. Um, Actually, yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, Argentinian and she said something that I think everybody who had, who's an expat thinks and she put it like in a very like clear way and that is that when you're away, um, especially if you're like very far away from your family, if you're like outside Europe, for example, if uh, your parents happen to live in Europe, uh, you're constantly afraid that someone is going to die, like a family member is going to die, and you're not just there, like, quick enough. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to plan a whole trip. You have to buy the tickets. You have to tell your your colleagues that you're not going to work the next day. Like, there's so much logistics you have to do for such a, like, traumatic and sad experience that maybe... I mean, of course, it's still going to be sad and traumatic if you live there, mm -hmm. but there's this part that you're not going to have because you're just in the same country. So mm -hmm. I guess it, this is a very shared experience that you're always, like, a, not constantly all the time, but there's always, like, a small part of your brain saying, what if something goes wrong? 
Mm. Yeah, this fear is definitely there. And yes. I guess like it's it's there for everyone, but especially as you said, like if you live far away, I think the fact that you're not near physically just increases the fear because yeah, you don't know if you will make it on time and there are like m very much more variables yes. to you being there when you need to be there. Um so yeah, that's definitely for me personally the worst part of like growing up as an expat away from my parents yeah. and i bet they i guess and i'm super sure that it the feeling is mutual because i guess mm, yeah yeah uh, our parents or any anybody's parents are also like afraid that something is happening and that we are not there you know yeah of course I think it's it sucks for everybody um also another thing i would like to <clears throat> mention about this um, is that, I mean, this can be applied to other aspects of our lives as well, but as it usually happens when you're living in another country that's not the one you were born in, um, there are so many social aspects that you mean, you, you miss, like anything from not watching the news every day, not going on, not knowing what it's exactly going on in your country, uh, what the news is like any kind of like novelty like missing all of that it always creates some sort of disconnection because obviously we are only humans like we cannot have eyes for everything we must al also like experience life in our in the country we are living in mm -hmm. um, so it's impossible to just like be alert and know everything right and this also applies to your family like you cannot be there all the time and you are always going to miss something like little things and it's hard to feel connected to them like or connected in that way yeah i guess i mean of course there's always like a positive side we're going to talk about now but there's definitely a, a feeling of disconnection when you're not in the same country yeah i agree with you and i think um this feeling of disconnection can feel very bad, but at the same time, it can have also positive effect because the the way you become more disconnected from your family uh, gives you a more rational view on some things that might be going on, on in your family. Like, imagine you have like um, some members of your family having a discussion or a problem. And I mean, you're still obviously a member of this family, so you're also maybe affected in some way. But since you have like this disconnection, this distance between you and your parents or your family, you also have a more rational view mm. about everything that's happening. So it might also be useful for your family that you have this kind of external view, even though you're very much an internal member, like yeah. a real member of the family. So I think that's very interesting because definitely um, this, connect this connection can be seen from very different perspectives like also depending on on the moment maybe when you're experiencing mm. it so that's definitely a double phase uh, yeah. <laughs> a situation we have here yeah i would go as far as saying that distance in general um is very useful for a lot of things like especially decision taking mm -hmm. um like i guess i mean it's normal that sometimes we are primitively afraid of of distance right but on yeah. the other hand it gives us so much like margin of of decision of just like taking a moment to really 
think things think things through mm-hmm. and it really helps with not just with parents but any kind of uh, affective uh, relationship I would say distance every now and then is like really healthy so don't be afraid of distance guys <laughs> I would say um, I think this also like takes us to a good point of uh, parental relationships when you're an expat and that is that in a lot of times cases it makes your relationship even better because yeah. you're not there to experience I mean you're not there to experience the good things but you're also not there to experience the bad things <laughs> so mm. in a way um, you get to see the good part of of this uh, relationship yeah I would say yeah it definitely takes away some stress from the relationship and you just tend to value more the time you have with your family members with your parents um, because you definitely get less time maybe than other people who lives who live near their parents but you you really make an effort to make it quality time you know yeah. like you really appreciate you being there they appreciate you being there as well I mean usually <laughs> and so I think there is like this communal effort or trying to really enjoy the time that you have and there is just more appreciation for the relationship that's that's happening at that moment so yes there's definitely less stress Mm -hmm. like usually of course this cannot be applied for everybody but uh at least from what i've heard from other friends um it's definitely less stressful and i i know a lot of people and this is not just like for expats but like for any kind of person that has like left their parents place at some point I know I know a lot of people that have become like even like friends with their parents or like they they have developed better relationships with their parents once they moved out right because Mm, yeah uh, you don't have this like um, this like co-living moment because you know not not everybody is going to be a, a good like flatmate you know like <laughs> yeah you can have like a really good friend the best friend ever and you can share like so many things with them and really don't not feel that they are a great flatmate for you because people we are so different and sometimes when we are at home we become like super maniatic or like we all have our you know little uh brain <laughs> uh tricks right <laughs> um and i think it's the same with with your parents like you can really get a, get well with them, but living with someone is quite, it's not the easiest thing. So if you take that part, it usually translates in, in a better and easier, smoother relationship. Definitely. And also it obviously helps with your independence as well. So I guess that's um, a good point about being an expat because you gain a lot of independence because you have to, right? Yeah. Like... I mean, of course, even if you move out of your parents' place and you move, like, to the street, like, down, like, I don't know, like, one street further, mm. you're still getting more independence, but I wouldn't compare the two things because I think for for expats, the moment you really, like, leave your country and have to, you know, like, be able to also organize the whole, like, um, bureaucratical parts and find an apartment, a job and all that, like you immediately get this whole independence which is definitely useful in your life and I think it's gonna be way more useful yeah. useful also in the future 
so I would see it also as a I would see it also as a positive aspect of yeah of the expect relationship Definitely. with your parents because I know I know a lot of people that um, I always say I know I know a lot of people as if I actually yeah, know it really a lot sounds of like oh my god I I'm so popular it's like I know people in Spain <laughs> it from... seems like I'm making people up but I. I actually, <laughs> I really, like, all the things I say, I'm not making them up. Like, I yeah, really think yeah. <laughs> it's like this. Of course. Um, maybe you guys, I'm if you're friends with Marina, <laughs> let us know, because we're going to start counting how many these people are. I want a list okay, and let's real say, names. <laughs> let's say, let's reformulate this, and let's say, I think, or my opinion <laughs> is, I don't know, but... Um, Of course, I know some people <laughs> that don't live with their parents anymore because we have, you know, an age where it's not so appropriate to um, continue living with your parents, even if in countries like Spain, it's like super normal because mm -hmm. we have shitty jobs and a lot in of people as well. cannot yeah. afford it to like, in the, to, to like be independent. Mm -hmm. But anyways... Yeah, so no judgment there. No judgment. Yeah. Um, but sometimes... I've experienced this, experienced this, for example, like my cousins who live in the same city as my um, my aunt and my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you're cl the closer you are, the less excuses you have to not do th certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Of so course, yeah. I guess less this m more distance equals less stress sometimes, and more independence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's true. Um, What's something that you really think it's a bad point, like a bad thing of being an expat? Like, like next topic. Yeah, like I, I think from what um, we were talking about, I mean, for me, the worst is definitely the fear of someone not feeling well yeah, or dying, same, but same. also uh, this feeling that you're not enjoying your family as much as you would like to. Um, So, you know, like missing birthdays or parties or whatever it's going on in your family that you would like to take part in. And, you know, this is kind of like the counterpart. Like from one point of view, obviously, this distance gives you like this. This connection can give you like very positive things for your own life, like this uh, independence, this feeling of being like less stressed about things going on in your family. But at the same time, of course, it also takes away nice moments that you mm -hmm. might share with your family yes. if you were there so that's that's pretty sad and i mean there is no way to make it sound nicer right like it's just like a bad part of yeah. being an expat and as yeah, every situation yeah as everything there is always like some pro and contra and this is definitely not a good part for yeah. me but and also i would say yeah. even if it's like super obvious like we must not forget that People, like regular people, I'm not talking about like Edward, Edward Cullen's family, like vampires and stuff. Like we have a finite like time in this, on this earth. So of course, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when I've visited my family, like after a lot of months and I see like they, they look like a bit older or something, or my dad has like a couple more like gray hairs or <laughs> something. It's like, oh wow, like you're, you're getting old and... And I don't know how much time I have left with you, right? And that's, mm. like, a really, like, just, like, like when you're when you're a kid and, and, and you realize for the first time that your parents are going to die at some point, 
like you cannot take it like you're going crazy it's like how is it possible like they cannot do they cannot die they have to exist forever because i i cannot cope if this is not happening and then when you're an adult of course you accept it is the case for everybody right like we're all gonna die it's fine it's cool um but seeing well, that cool, progressively it's <laughs> like yeah. oh shit like this is this is it right this is life um but yeah i don't know what's happening with my computer what the hell yeah oh, okay it's fine <laughs> um but yeah but at the same time it's also cool to see your parents age because not a lot of people i mean not not everybody has the privilege to have mm -hmm. like you know parents or like a good relationship with parents so they can visit them so so yeah i would say this also goes hand in hand with this appreciating your family more mm -hmm. definitely yeah but um let's talk about this point we we mentioned before when we were when we were get, we were preparing for the episode because we were thinking about good parts like the, the good things about being an expat and uh, having uh, parents somewhere else of course and we came up with this like of course um your parents once you're living abroad like they have to visit you at some point right like even if they're like super anti-traveling or they don't feel like super comfortable being in a country where they don't understand the language like they they have to visit you sometimes so it gives them like an opportunity to be like more open-minded and international in a way even if it's forced them. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, I agree, and I think it's like a can be a very positive change for your parents as well. Like they have like a um, how do you say? Like they have a reason to visit this new country and to visit it also maybe one. I mean more than once, you know. Yeah, so it's course. like, for example, if I think about my parents coming to Germany, like right now they've been to Germany at least like ten times or something. And it's great also for them because they've come to like the place a lot and they start to understand a bit more like how things work here. So I think that's also an opportunity for the family in general or for your parents to also like get to know a new place, right? Yeah, and it's just like a change. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, I mean, I cannot say this like 100% because <clears throat> I'm, not a, I'm not a mother, I don't have any children. And even if I was, like, I'm not in that age to realize. But I think that <clears throat> it's also kind of cool to be, I don't know, like, my parents are going to turn 60 this year, for example. So let's let's say 60. I think it's cool to be 60 and have, like, a change in your life and be like, oh, so now one of my uh, children is living in Hawaii. Like, that's also, that's also going to be a change for you, right? It's going mm -hmm. to definitely change your life. For sure, bit. for sure. So it's also yeah. like you're breaking this like monotonous life that maybe maybe you I don't know I'm not I know hashtag, we're so like <laughs> not all people of course like yeah. uh, I don't, I'm not I'm not saying that that older people have like boring lives I'm not saying that but I'm just saying that it's like it can be a positive change. Let's say, like a yeah. good change yeah like unexpected yeah. change I would say yeah that's exciting let's say it is yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's like, um, yeah, we wrapped up quite well what we think about being an expat while growing up and mm -hmm. keeping up the relationship with our parents. But what about the relationship with our parents uh, in relation to the fact of getting older ourselves? So 
That was very difficult. That was a very difficult <laughs> sentence. Really? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was making some mistakes while saying it. No, but... I don't think it was incorrect. It was just like very complicated. Um, so you mean like it was a long sentence? Like a relationship with your parents now that we are like adults, that we're older, like yeah. older. Yeah, yeah. Now we are adults. Let's say our teenage years. I've passed for a while now, so we are more like in an adult phase of our life. Yes. Even if sometimes it doesn't look like it, but <laughs> I guess this is it. Yeah, so. this is it. <laughs> oh my God, this is it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry, we're just, we're just realizing now, like, No, shit. it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like I, I said, I told you before, um, I've made a promise to myself, I'm not going to complain about Aging. Aging, <laughs> growing up or getting older. Like, it makes no sense. You're I'm right. so grateful to be alive. There's so many beautiful things. Bad things as well. But also, experiencing in general, it's it's great. Aww. Sometimes I feel, like, I feel like I'm sort of alien that has come from, like, another planet and it's <laughs> on Earth. And I'm just, like, looking around, observing everything. And I'm like, wow, that brick. How color. Nice. Amazing. That's very cool. Brightness. Cool concept. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, existing is amazing. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so, Greta. Um, I guess. I know many people. <laughs> no. Oh, many people. Um, so, how how do you see your parents now, now that you're older, in comparison to, to, when, you were, to when you were a teenager or, or younger, let's say? Mm-hmm. I think um, my perception of my parents has definitely changed in the past few years um, because now I realize like every time more that my parents are just normal people you know mm-hmm. like when you're when you're a child or maybe even in your teen, teen, teenage <laughs> sorry years you have this um, this feeling that your parents are superheroes you're able to fix everything they're always gonna be there they're always gonna be the best and everything they do and then at some point I think when you become an adult you realize like I mean sure your parents are still great people like I'm not saying I mean, like not, not every parent is a great person yeah of course that's also true yeah but my experience luckily I have uh, I have great parents but you know I realize they're normal people like they have their own personalities they make mistakes they're not going to be there forever. They're not there to fix my problems. They're not, like, superheroes, right? So this is very humbling, like, realizing that your parents are also people and you need to see them also as people that they, you know, they just try their best also while educating you. So I think while you become an adult, you have more this perception of how difficult it must have been for, like, your parents to just like educate this person that's you right because mm-hmm. it's definitely like a hard job i guess i mean i also don't have children but i can imagine that it must be super hard to do everything right yeah of course so it's hard and i would say it's impossible right? yeah it's it's impossible of course to yeah. do everything right so i guess you get this feeling of like okay my parents are people they try tried and tried their best and you tend to see them more as as normal people and you're more grateful for whatever they did and they do for you 
um, yeah, especially in comparison with the teenage years, while I think like when, or at least for me, like when I was a teenager, I mean, I still had a good relationship with my parents, but obviously I was more like, I don't know, friends are my family, <laughs> you know, but I think it's kind of a normal phase that a lot of people go through in their life that during teenage years, you tend to like be embarrassed of your parents or it's like, yeah, whatever they say, like they don't, I don't know, like you're not listening or, you know, yeah. that's kind of like the general um, feeling of teenagers, but growing up definitely... For me, like, yeah, I'm definitely more grateful than I used to be, and I think this this has this has a lot of to a lot to do with me becoming an adult. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and what's that for you? Like, no, what's that like for you? <laughs> Sorry. Mm, yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with that uh, last point you did. Like, um, you you realize your your parents are just like regular people like you. We are not like going to take care of you forever. Like, at some point, it's gonna be the other way around. Mm. Um, and also, actually, I was, I was gonna make a comment on something you said, but I completely forgot now. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I have other things to say. Maybe it will um, come up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree. Um, you are able to, and I think realizing they are regular people, and you taking them from this like pedestal to the ground and the same level and say, oh, okay, we are the same, even if you're older than me, have, you have more experience and so on. It also helps you to like maybe create boundaries or reinforce your boundaries because sometimes even if you have boundaries with your partner, your friends, your colleagues, it's very hard to create boundaries in a relationship with your parents because mm -hmm. it, it's usually, you it, it's perceived as unconditional, right? Like. They are there for you no matter what, and you're there for them no matter what. But I honestly don't believe in unconditional love. Like, I no, think it has to be. Like, mm -hmm. boundaries are super necessary no matter what, like, even with yourself. So, to me, realizing this was like, okay, cool. I, 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 I'm grateful for you guys. Like, I appreciate all the things you have done for me. But also, I'm also, like, more careful with, with the things that are going on because... To be honest, like parents, like uh, they, uh, because they are normal people, they can also hurt you like normal people. Like, of course, the usual uh, situation, like in a regular standard uh, situation, parents are always going to want the best for the children, obviously. But this is not the case for everybody, uh, sadly. And even if they want the best for you, they are always going to make mistakes as well. So, um, this has made me, uh, this has given me the opportunity to just like step back a little bit and be more, at, pay more attention to the things they say and the things, it could be like in a form of like pieces of advice, little comments, whatever it is, like I try not to absorb it directly, but to like step back and say, okay, this is the comment they did. I'm going to see how I process it because sometimes you just accept everything they say and it goes directly through your system and to your mind and it can be sometimes good but sometimes also bad like mm -hmm. I've I don't I cannot tell you the amount of times I've I felt triggered by after a phone conversation with my mom or something and felt like super guilty because I wasn't home for example and this is super personal but I don't I don't think he's going to listen to this so whatever um so yeah I, I think 
it's important to be careful with this. And this is something I've learned from my flatmate, Marta. I hope, I don't know, maybe she's actually listening to us right now because she's in the <laughs> other room. Hello. But <laughs> if you listen to this, like, I've actually learned this from you. And this is a piece of, piece of advice you gave me. So thank you very much. She told me that I had to create some boundaries with, with my family as well. And I completely agree. And it's yeah, better now. That's a great piece of advice, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And also something that has changed, as you said, is like this value thing. Uh, seeing them as regular people like sometimes has made me realize that they are also cool people like a lot of the things I like it can be matter of like music uh, films cultural like all the things all the cultural aspects that I enjoy are come came from my parents because they since I was a, ch a child they have been taking me to museums they have tried to teach me like a lot of like artist stuff and put me in like art, art classes and stuff so I'm like cultured in that way mm -hmm. and music everything all of that comes from my from my parents like my music taste nowadays is created around the music I listened to when I was a child um so so I think it's kind of cool like to see that they have actually good taste at least <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion so that's uh, and also like for example, in terms of like fashion and, and clothes, um, I guess, I mean, some of you, you don't know me, but I, I guess I'm, I'm a kind of person that likes to... I thought you knew everyone. No, <laughs> I like, I like, like, I like fashion and I like uh, wearing colorful clothes and maybe stuff like combinations that not a lot of people might like and some might consider a bit eccentric. Uh, but I, this is the type of clothing I feel the most comfortable with. Uh, and I've realized this comes from my mom, for example. She mm, makes this a lot of patterns yeah. and colors and stuff, and this comes directly from her. So it's good to like pinpoint certain personality traits that come directly from your family members, which is cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, well, we we think we know um, how we behave with our parents or how our parents behave with us how our relationship with them is impacts directly in our personality. Mm. It comes with clothing and music taste, but also in how we behave with Definitely. others, right? Yeah. Yeah, usually um, since our relationships with, the, with our parental figures are the first relationship we have, these types of relationship really set the tone for every other relationship we're going to have, which is crazy if you it think about it. It is mind-blowing. But it makes so much sense, but it's like, what? Yeah, it is crazy. It really is. And the thing is, like, um, for example, like, I think something we wanted to mention is the attachment theory style. So the way we grow up in a setting where our parents, like, gave us some patterns of behavior. So the way we learn how to react to some stuff, how to behave... It's not always just just our own personality, but it is very much also a response to what we are getting used to while growing up. So a lot of this comes from our relationships with our parents. And in particular, these attachment theory styles say that there are four uh, main um, attachment styles, mm -hmm. which I can mention briefly if you guys are interested in I mean you you can't you can't <laughs> you can't answer so I'm just assuming, <laughs> sorry <laughs> just assuming you are you want so. it or not you're going to have to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, this is not the radio, guys. Well, actually, you cannot even answer <laughs> that. I mean, you can, you can just like skip a couple of minutes if you really don't care. But no, I think it's super interesting. So if I were you, I would listen. Okay. <laughs> so you said there were four types, Yeah, right? there are four main types. And these are the anxious attachment style, the secure attachment styles, avoidant dismissive, and avoidant fearful. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm not going to get like in a lot of details, but the anxious attachment style, like the words anxious say it itself. So you're more anxious about your relationship. You're a bit more scared that the person is going to leave you. You tend to be more like... Sorry, I have yes? a question. Uh, <laughs> be- before you continue, is this for only uh, like romantic, affective uh, relationships? So like with not just friends, but like partners? Or is this yeah. also applied, can this also apply for, to friendships, for example? Yeah, of course, it also applies to friendship. Or in general, friendship. any kind of relationship. It's just general, like, like the way you attach to someone, right? So okay. it can be like every kind of relationship you have. Um, yeah, I'm just, like right now, I'm just uh, looking also at the description from internet. So I'm mm-hmm. not taking like a side in particular, but I've heard about this topic a lot because a lot of also of the other podcasts that I listen to that it's not our <laughs> they also talk about it a lot for example the Just Break Up podcast and it's something I'm super interested into so yeah. I just yeah I just read a lot about it and to me it makes perfect sense because for example yeah I was saying about this anxious attachment style um, now I'm just reading a bit through internet that it says for example that someone with with this Uh, attachment style struggles to communicate uh, his or her needs directly they tends to act out when they're triggered and they have generally just a more sensitive nervous system so it makes sense right like this anxiety attachment so you're more anxious about keeping your relationship with someone kind of and you tend to be more scared about losing uh, someone Uh, the secure attachment side is kind of like the opposite so there is like a low anxiety level and you feel more like it's easy for you to trust people it's easy for you to communicate your feelings and to be like um, attuned to your emotions so this is actually um, the attachment style that um that is perfect to go with someone who has anxious style. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, for me, I relate more with the anxious attachment style. So in a partner or in a friendship, I should try to find this secure attachment style because this is going to be someone who is going to say to me, hey, you're not going to lose me, right? Mm-hmm. Like someone who can show me this, like, security, let's say. Um, other types um, of attachment styles are the avoidant dismissive. So this is like, um, for example, someone who tends to be extremely self-reliant. So it's like um, dismissive in this sense. So they, they don't really feel the need or of having someone by their side, for example. And they tend to downplay the importance of relationships. Um, this tends also to be like a mechanism to protect yourself when you're like, you know, um, I can do everything by myself. I don't need anyone. This is more a mechanism of like, I'm so scared that people in my life are not going to help me when mm-hmm. I need to, that I prefer yeah, that you're keeping some distance, avoiding right? Disappointment yeah, the exactly. Beginnings. It's a way yeah. to protect yourself pretty yeah. much. And this is the avoidant dismissive. And then there is also the avoidant fearful 
which is a bit more like um, like compared to the dismissive one it's a bit more dependent in relationship so there is less of this like being extremely self-reliant part but there is a very strong fear of rejection there mm -hmm. and it can be also someone that suffers from low self-esteem and that has also high anxiety so this could be someone for example that avoid being uh, getting serious in a relationship because they're just too scared of being rejected from the person they like mm -hmm. for example it's very interesting yeah and mm -hmm. there are also books about attachment styles i think um i might look okay i think um i think i asked you this before but i don't remember uh right now the answer sorry um can you have a mix of different attachment styles so because for example when i look at the descriptions of every kind of style i don't find one that can be like completely applied to myself i think i'm mm -hmm. kind of avoidant dismissive but i also feel represented with some of the anxious uh, type yeah um so is it possible to have like different different styles mixed of course it's it's possible and it's also situative i mm -hmm. think it's the word so it means that What's circumstantial you mean yeah circumstantial maybe yeah yeah so it means for example that you might be you might have an anxious attachment style but you might be secure depending on which on the relationship you're with mm -hmm. for example and also like an attachment style is not something fixed like let's say you have an anxious attachment style you're just gonna be like that your whole life like you no way yeah you can work on secure. it and, yeah as everything also in psychology the moment you realize your let's say problem or the moment you realize where some things are coming from you have already done the most important yeah. part of the job right so if you are for example um let's say you're avoidant and you're like oh i know that this might come from the relationship with my parents for example so am i rejecting this person because i don't like him or her or is it because i'm scared and you know if you realize for example oh it's just like this fear of mine of being rejected then you still have the chance to open up with this other person for example and say you know what like i'm not rejecting you i just need to figure out if i can trust you because mm -hmm. I'm too scared of you saying like, sorry, I don't like you or something like that. That would definitely be the most mature thing to do, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not easy. I'm not saying no. like everyone just do like this and that's it. But that's kind of the theory that, you know, that it's that can help you to identify which kind of attachment style you have so that you can... Yeah, you can recognize some yeah. patterns that you might have. And yeah, that's a very interesting theory. And yeah, and I'm just very interested in these types of topics. So definitely. And it's like really, I mean, it makes so much sense that it's based on our first relationship, which mm -hmm. is like our family, our parents, because it's the first way we experience being loved or, or not loved. So it's the first like contact we have with with relationships, right? Yeah, of so course. So it makes yeah. sense that you as a child absorb all of this information and it's just like stuck in your DNA somehow. But I'm I'm happy to hear that it's something that, you know, it's you can change and um, you can work on even if it's complicated. Um, 
and this is also like uh, this relates a little bit to this study I, I I was like taking a look before from the World Health sorry World Health Organization because mm -hmm. the who <laughs> do you say the who because <laughs> in Spanish I, I say the OMS like the Organización Mundial de la Salud but I think WHO WHO yeah. maybe and yeah. um, it was basically a study done with uh, participants from the ages of 11 to 15 year olds who were from study done with participants who were 11 to 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know why it sounds so wrong somehow, whatever. And uh, basically they, um, the, the conclusion was that the, the participants who had a better relationship with their parents, um, that they were... Uh, prepared to deal better with uh, stressful situations, that they had more tools to cope with frustration and stress mm -hmm. in comparison to those who had not like ideal relationships with their parents that were completely the opposite, which makes total sense. And they, these participants, the ones that had a good relationship with them, also reported to have a better self-image of themselves can like not just like physically but also like uh they they felt more intelligent for example in comparison to those who struggled with their parents which obviously this is this sounds very obvious like of course if you didn't have the best childhood you're you're probably going to struggle but once you see it in a study like once you see it's like there's a science behind it it's becomes more tangible somehow yeah yeah and um, this also takes me to a study I read when I was in Christmas, like visiting my family, which was like super funny because I was in my childhood room and I was reading this. And this study basically said this was the um, a psychologist, Spanish psychologist called Violeta Alcocer. Uh, she, she was interviewed by one of uh, a Spanish newspaper. Uh, and she basically said that it's very normal that when you're as an adult, when you go back to your parents' place, especially if it's the same place, the same rooms, the same everything, that you're going to automatically behave as your teenage self and your parents are going to t treat you somehow, in a way, as your teenage self. So it's very normal to feel frustrated and to feel the same kind of way when you go back because somehow they are stuck with that image of you mm -hmm. and you're stuck with that image of yourself and your parents. And you might behave the same way. Like you might be like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm going out," but then, what if I come back like too late back home or something? Like you <laughs> still have some, mm. some take some tricks, some how do you say it? Like some unconscious behavior that it's very teenage like mm -hmm. because literally you're reminded of that point of your life because your parents, and even and I guess it's even more of a difference when you live abroad because your parents don't see you that often. So they have more memories of you, of you being a child and a teenager rather than being an adult. So guys, if you feel like this, it's very normal. I actually like, I was reading this article and my mom like opened the door and she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm just reading this article. It About said, you. <laughs> this, and she was like, is that a bad thing? And I was like, mom, it is a bad thing, of course. <laughs> At least for me, like, I don't like feeling that way. But yeah, but if you think about it, because you know, a family works as a balance of different personalities, right? So the moment you come back to your family, even unconsciously, you need to keep that balance. So you're going to yeah. adjust your personality a little bit so that it still fits yeah. in this 
unity member that that I mean in this uh, unity of family, right? Mm -hmm. So this is how it works. So the moment you st you start changing, and maybe you start working on family pattern, uh, this is gonna affect the whole family because the yeah. family is like a group of people, right? So everyone with their own like changes is gonna affect the definitely the way that the family is like. Um, Yeah, the organization. Yeah, the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Do you think yeah. it's different? And this also, this question goes for those you listening who are parents. Uh, does it? Do you think it changes? Like once you have a baby or children, once and you go back to your parents' place for Christmas, uh, Easter, whatever. Do you think they definitely see you differently once you have your own offspring and you're a parent yourself, or do you think it stays the same way? Hmm. Even if you're a mom, that's a good question. I actually don't think it changes that much because you're still someone's child at the end, right? Yeah. Even though you have your own but, children, maybe. But you're definitely but, like behaving as a yeah caregiver. But I can't. I can't really say. I think it would be it would be very interesting to know this for someone yeah. from someone that maybe has this this uh, experience. So let us know, and yeah. also let us know what you think about this episode. If you guys feel like it, open up with us about your relationship with your parents. That would be awesome, like especially related to being an expat or just growing up and seeing your parents, I don't know, yeah, changing. I think, or I think this time, like we always ask about your opinion, but in this episode, I, th I would really appreciate your comments because as we said at the beginning, it's not, very, it's not a very common topic, I would say. Um... Because we tend to keep family matters just like really, you know, just guarded, uh, which I understand, by the way. But um, if anyone could share their experience, that would be great. And yeah, especially like parents, like people that already have children. I would really like to know if yeah. it changes. Yeah, we would love to hear that. So yeah, I yeah. think that's it, right? Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to send us your opinion, your comments, please do that either on Instagram at buongiornobtch or at buongiornob at outlook.com or just text us in case you know us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also let us know if uh, you've realized that you are becoming like one of your parents. Oh, yeah. If you like develop some that. like yeah. sort of uh, mania or like some behavior that you're like, oh, my God, I'm I'm. Complaining, complaining exactly the same way that my dad does or yeah. something. Yeah, let us know. We would yeah. love to hear that. Yeah. All right, guys. So have a good rest of the day. And no matter when you're listening to, the, to this episode, we hope you are doing good. And yeah. if you're not doing good, we hope we, you, you will do good at some point. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, take care. Yeah, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.